Hey now, good morning, good morning, this is the coffee schmooze, and it is a very special coffee schmooze this morning. Why is it special, you may ask? Well, it's coming to you live from Mill Valley, California, from my parents' house. That's right, the the patrons of the schmooze, the, the, where the schmooze all started. Rob and Jill Phillips. Um, and frankly, in this house, it's a non-stop schmooze. The schmooze never ends. If there's, there's, you know, to the nature or nurture question of why we become the way we become, why am I such a schmoozer? Um, I think it's both. I think it's both. I think in my parents' DNA, they are talkers, and in the nature, they are talking because they just talk all day, every day. The talk never stops. It's like two birds chirping, and thus, I am a schmoozer, and uh, usually, I do the coffee schmooze um, just fresh. I just wake up and immediately start schmoozing. And this is in New York when I do this. But here, I've had a few schmoozes prior to this schmooze. I woke up, had a schmooze with my mother. Had, you know, some avocado toast with bacon. A little uh, Nespresso with whipped oat milk. And uh, we schmoozed about painting and painting theory. And uh, when different painters start and the painters... My grandmother, who's a great painter, and my uh, my mom's best friend, who's this amazing painter, and what types of paintings are selling. And then uh, my father came into the picture. He came downstairs, and we had a little schmooze about a water notice. You know, or was it was it just a flyer that was passed to every house, or? Are they using, is this flyer specified to them? Are they irrigating their plants um, outside of the rule of law? And then my mom went on a run and my father went to Pilates and I went to the back family room to do this podcast. And so that has been the order of events leading up to this moment right here. It feels good to be in California, a nice change of pace from New York City. It's uh, it's strange because in New York, there are people everywhere. And in sleepy Mill Valley, California, you walk out on the streets and you don't see a single person. There's no one in sight. My friend Gabe came over in for a hang. He lives in this. He lives in California and he stopped by for a hang. And we walked to In-N-Out Burger and didn't see a single person on the street. Our whole walk there. We had to like walk over a freeway overpass and like down the side of the road. And I was like, it's a little sketchy. It just comes off sketchy. Two 30-year-old dudes like walking over a freeway overpass in the suburbs. It's a little sketchy. But, um... But we did it, and it was really nice, and, and In-N-Out Burger is just so delicious. It's The vibes in the, the, the strawberry In-N-Out are so strange. It's like this like vapid soullessness, you know, and 
just it's just weird in there it's like you can't there's it's like absent of a pulse you can't find the pulse and it's strange because living in new york city everyone will tell you that the there's a pulse of the city there's an energy it's like a tangible thing and it doesn't really exist in the suburbs and it so you're always looking around you're like craving this pulse you're it's like a you're jonesing for it and you're very sensitive to it and in the mill valley and in outburger there's absolutely zero pulse but the cheeseburgers are amazing irregardless of a a soul or without a soul the cheeseburgers are amazing and um I got the cheeseburger animal style, but I didn't get the fries animal style, and that's a regret. I was trying to be responsible. I was like, don't don't get carried away, David. But, you know, if you're going to In-N-Out, in retrospect, I think you should just go all out and don't deny yourself the pleasure of the animal style fries. So that's, so that was that. And um, the plane flight here, was uh pretty smooth I, had, I there was a few things from the airport that i found insightful um i get to the airport and i get to jfk very early in the morning and i go to the baggage check and it's jet blue is just crowded it is just a zoo of people the curbside check line is about 50 yards long I go inside and it's just a mess. I don't even know where the lines are, where to get in. And I have to check my bag because the only piece of luggage I have is too big to fit in a plane's overhead compartment. And I tried to fix this problem. I went to Target to look for a smaller piece of luggage, but the Fort Greene Target did not have that, which was very disappointing. So I have to check a bag. So I decide to go. I was like, you know what? If I'm going to stand in line for a long time, I'm going to I'm going to stand outside so it's less claustrophobic. I don't have to wear a mask and just kind of relax. So I head towards the end of the line and a tall Jamaican man with long dreadlocks and, you know, Jamaican uh par not paraphernalia, but Jamaican clothes, like the 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 green yellow and red and black those colors it was he was signifying that he was jamaican so i just wasn't i wasn't stereotyping him just because he had dreadlocks he was wearing jamaican indicators he and i get to the back of the line almost at the same time he gets there seconds before me and he puts a bag down and then he leaves And then the line moves, so I just step past his bag. And then he comes back and he puts the bag next to me, puts the bag a little bit in front of me, but next to me, right? Because I'm at the part of the line. And then he takes another bag and puts it there. This happens a few times. And then him and presumably his wife, but definitely his romantic partner, come with their 10 bags and they're standing next to me and we're moving together and they keep moving. And then I say to him, Would you like to go ahead of me? And he said, yes, I got here before you. And it was at this moment where I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to fuck with this guy a little bit just because why not? And so I said, well, I'll let you go ahead of me, but 
I got here first. And he said, no, I put a bag down before I got you got here. And I said, it's not the one bag that holds your spot. You have to have all your bags in line before you can hold a spot. He was like, no, 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 it's just one bag. And I'm like, that doesn't, no, it's all the bags, but I'll let you go ahead of me because just I'm a nice guy. And he goes, see, that's a perfect, and he had a Jamaican accent. He goes, see, that's a perfect example of American courtesy. You can go ahead of me. I'll, I'm going ahead of you. And we knew, both parties knew it was just, we were just fucking around. I was, I had been watching a lot of Curb Your Enthusiasm the, the previous week. And uh, I saw that as a Curb moment and I just wanted to just play around with it. And so I did, but it was no harm, no foul. He was a good sport. We were, let him go ahead of me. And then he saw a different baggage check line outside open up that had very few people and left my line, left his spot with his wife and went to the other baggage check line. He was like, come on, that one's empty. Let's go. And I said, know what? You go, you go right ahead. I'm not going to go because I know that the line we're in, though it's longer, the guys have a flow. They've been doing it. They've been checking bags. The computers are working. Everything's fine. You don't know what's going to happen at that other station. You don't know if the computer's going to break down. You don't know if everything's going to fall apart. You just don't know. And you don't you don't know how long it's going to take even though the line is shorter. I don't think I'm not into line switching. I think you always get punished for line switching. I think you have to pick your pick your horse and stick with your horse. So I get to the front of the baggage check place. And uh, the guy who was checking me in also had a Jamaican accent. And he goes, David Phillips. He's like, oh, Phillips, you know, Phillips Television? And I said, that company has one L. And he goes, oh, yeah. And then just the way he was talking and processing, it was like he was in a rhythm. He had this beautiful rhythm to the way he was checking me in. You know, he's he. it was like all the little small talk. He knew where to place it. He knew what to say. He was just in a rhythm and he had this bounce. And I was like, that's how you talk to people. You you get them in your rhythm. You, 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 you develop a rhythm with them. And that's how you get through a job like that. If you, if you have a job that's very monotonous and has to deal with a lot of people, you develop a rhythm and then every person that comes into your path, you get them into your rhythm. And I wish I could do a better Jamaican accent. I wish I could imitate the rhythm that this guy was doing, but it, it made for such a pleasurable experience for me, but it was also this wonderful lesson that I was like, oh, you really conversation with anybody is finding a rhythm and just being in the rhythm with them and sometimes if you're the leader like he is or you you can be in any conversation sometimes you lead the person into the rhythm and then you're just dancing and uh so then when i was talking to my niece who's almost two years old in california we were in the back seat of the car together driving to my sister's house we were hanging out, and I was like, my, my niece knows how to say yes, no, all right, and more, more, more. 
and she can understand everything. She's she is um she really understands she has an incredible grasp of language because she's my uh my sister and brother in law do a really good job of talking with her all the time. But also she's around all these people all the time who are just talking to her. She's around adults who are just talking to her all the time because she was in quarantine. And she has a lot of available adults who are around just to sh- chat with her. So she can talk. So then in the back seat, I thought of the guy at the airport carrier. I thought of him, how he got into a rhythm. And so I just tried to get into a rhythm with Laylee. I was like, did you have carrots for before dinner? Yes. Is this your nose? Yes. Are these your eyes? Yes. What happened there? Boo boo. You know, and it was just, we were just vibing. And but, so simple questions, but we were vibing. And so we had this like beautiful conversation from a 10 minute conversation. And it was just about the rhythm. I just kept thinking about the guy at the airport who checked my bags and how he was just in a rhythm. And I was like, that's how you have to, that's how you have to talk to people. You talk to them in a rhythm. Because why should that be different than anything else in life? Life is all about trying to get into a rhythm with everything. And then that, that ends and then you move to the next thing and you get into a rhythm. That's kind of what flow is. It's finding the rhythm. Feel the rhythm. So that was kind of cool. I wish I, wish I had more courage at this moment to to do impressions i wish i could do the impression of the jamaican bag checker and i wish i could do the impression of me and my niece talking but i just don't feel comfortable at that moment in time i don't feel like i can really do those impressions to the to the best of my ability but it is about rhythm it is about rhythm. So yeah, I started uh, watercoloring because I'm traveling, so I don't have my materials. I don't have my acrylic paints. So I started watercoloring, and watercolors are a completely different medium than acrylic paint. I've only done them twice now, and it's it's compl- it's very challenging. I think you have to I think you, I don't know what I I don't know what it, where it's going to lead me. I think the lessons are going to force me to be more ge- like a be gentle and really succumb to the to the power of the watercolor. Allow the watercolor to do most of the work and have more patience with painting. Go slower. And really let the painting develop and grow. Because when I do acrylic, I'm a mad dash. It's a mad, I'm a mad man. I, I just throw it all at the canvas. I throw it all at the canvas and it's, it's, uh, you have, I, I have a better feel on how acrylic works. But, um, watercolor is, watercolor is a whole nother animal. Watercolor is uh, a whole nother, a whole nother beast. I don't understand it. So I'm back at square one. But it's good. It's good to be in the beginner phase often in your life. It's good to get back to that level of humility and having to struggle and 
fail and be bad at something. It's always good to be at that place because it it gives you a beginner's mind. It keeps your mind open and forces you to really um, explore the world like a child. Just with an openness and awe and uh, trying to learn. And that's a, that's painful. That's painful for the ego. It hurts your ego because it, you know, it takes you down from your um, imaginary high place. But um, you know, it's like the Buddhist carrying the water up the steps and only eating rice and pickles. You know, the discipline. The discipline gets you somewhere. So yeah, it's good to be home. It's good to be home. It's good to be back in the place where I formed back in Mill Valley, sweet Mill Valley, sweet and quiet Mill Valley. Tons of trees. It's so beautiful here. And the air is nice because it is cooled down from the San Francisco Bay. And uh, it's a, you know, it's a beautiful place. Sweet, sweet Mill Valley. Staying with my parents, smooth sailing. It's easy. It's easy. Because we're not in quarantine. Quarantine, it was... Everyone needed to have their own space. It was it was raw. It was raw. But now, we're out of quarantine. Everyone's chilling. Everyone's doing their own thing. It feels good. It feels good. Shout out to Giannis. Giannis of the Milwaukee Bucks. What a performance last night. What a man. That was a man. Before the game started, I haven't watched a single NBA game this entire season. My brother-in-law asked me, who do you think is going to win? And I said, I haven't watched a game this entire season. But I bet you the Milwaukee Bucks are going to win. Because I don't see Chris Paul winning a championship. I just don't. I think he's a wonderful player, talented player, but I don't see him as... A champion. I don't see it. Just like I don't see Russell Westbrook as a champion. I just as a betting man. I don't see those guys. There's certain players who are the star player. But they don't have like the requisite zen. That can take you to a championship. You know they're like. they They're emotional hotheads. And those guys, in my opinion, don't seem to be the ones who can grind out the championship. Also, I think Giannis is the best player on the floor. Generally, that guy wins the championship. And also, the Milwaukee Bucks are just kind of bigger in size. And generally, the bigger teams win um, NBA championships. That's why when LeBron was in Cleveland, he would just get, he just wanted the biggest guys. He would stack those teams with just the biggest dudes because in the champion, though it didn't work, but it's it's the right idea. Like in the championship, you need size. It's about defense. It's about rebounding. It's about getting those 50-50 balls. It's about you're tired, so you just got to grind it out. You got to grind it out with the other team. So it felt good to get that call right. I wish I put money on it. I wish I put money where my mouth is. But um, I didn't, so I didn't make any money off the Milwaukee Bucks. But it was that was a 
amazing performance by by a truly amazing competitor. It's very inspiring. It was very inspiring to watch the fight. You know, seeing those guys battle it out with that intensity. It's like that's that's life, baby. That's how hard you got to go. So, um, you know, cheers.